Welcome to Coffee House. We got a special one today. We are moving on the 100 greatest books of all time. I can't remember when we did the last one, but this is this one. And it's under suspect circumstances because this will be the second book out of all 100 and every other book that we read that I did not finish. I did not get all the way through this book. The other one was the complete stories of Flannery O'Connor, I think, that I didn't get all the way through. And it was not out of churning hatred for this book or anything like that, as you will find when we discuss it. So my apologies. And before, because we are going to wrap the whole thing up at some point, and before I wrap the whole thing up, I will definitely read those two to make sure that I am 100% up on the 100 greatest books of all time. So this one in particular is Emma by Jane Austen. It was published in 1815, that's a momentous year, and follows Emma Woodhouse, who is a beautiful, wealthy, and intelligent girl living in a small town in England. She fancies herself a matchmaker, but is often arrogant and prone to mistakes. So for anybody who hasn't read Jane Austen, she writes about marriage and love and relationships and marriage, and it's usually set in comfortable English society. At least comfortable, if not wealthy. So honestly, it seemed frivolous uh, when I was reading it, and I read about a third of it, but it seemed frivolous as I was reading it, and there were so many other things to be reading and to be doing that there was this creeping annoyance, we'll say. And it turns out it was not the fault of the book, it's just not the right mood for this kind of a book. So anyway, as always, we'll go through the contents, we're going to do some quotes from this since it's a piece of literature, and then we're going to do an analysis where we talk about kind of the virtues and the vices of the book and some other things related to it. So what are the contents of this book? What happens in, in this piece of literature? Emma enjoys success as a matchmaker, mostly self-declared success, and tries to expand her efforts to her good friend Harriet. She convinces Harriet to reject a well-off farmer, who Harriet likes, and instead pursue Mr. Elton, who's a wealthy, you know, good-looking guy. So Harriet turns all of her attentions to Mr. Elton, to the point of infatuation, but Elton, to the surprise and dismay of Emma, says that he actually wanted Emma all along. So they get into a bit of a tiff about this, and Emma offends him during the exchange, and he leaves and marries somebody else. So Frank is a new arrival in the area. He's a son of the guy that Emma match-made before, Mr. Weston. But Frank, the son of Mr. Weston, shows up and kind of starts a back-and-forth with Emma. There's some flirtation, and they get along quite well, but Emma thinks that he should be with Harriet, so she's trying to set up Harriet again. And Mr. Knightley, who is kind of this wealthy companion of the pair who will talk to them on occasion, and he's the one who calls out Emma on all of her BS along the way. <laughs> so initially, he questions her about her supposed matchmaking abilities and how she's constantly trying to get involved in these kinds of things. But he's also suspicious of Emma being so involved in trying to get Harriet uh, a husband. He believes that she doesn't have all the most perfect motives for doing so. So then Jane shows up, and Jane is kind of a low-born woman who is going to have to work. She's going to have to work, uh, you know, on some estate and, and this sort of thing. And Mr. Knightley likes Jane, but Emma doesn't. You know, she's always uh, talking badly about her. So in the midst of Emma and Frank's seeming flirtation, news arrives that Frank's aunt has died. And then it turns out that Frank was actually flirting with Emma as a veil to his affection for Jane, the low-born girl. 
His aunt would have been outraged if Frank married somebody of, of low birth, so he was trying to take the suspicion out by flirting with Emma. So again, Emma was trying to attach him to Harriet, and and so she's worried about what this will do to Harriet, who now has, you know, what is that, three men in a row that have discarded Harriet in the midst of Emma's attempts at matchmaking? But it turns out that Harriet actually likes Mr. Knightley, who is their wise companion who's always calling out Emma. So then Knightley declares his love for Emma, but the farmer returns for Harriet, and then we have marriages all around at the end. So to get some quotes from this book so you understand the prose style and kind of the subject matter, here's a quote. I cannot make speeches, Emma. If I loved you less, I might be able to talk about it more. But you know what I am. You hear nothing but truth from me. I have blamed you and lectured you, and you have borne it as no other woman in England would have borne it. End quote. So, of course, this represents their relationship, their back and forth, and that he was willing to be critical of her, and she was willing to take the criticism and snipe back, you know, whether right or wrong. Quote, seldom, very seldom, does complete truth belong to any human disclosure. Seldom can it happen that something is not a little disguised or a little mistaken, end quote. I mean, that is just one of the most uh, psychologically profound things that a person can say. Obviously, that that has a lot of wisdom in it, that virtually nothing that humans do or say has complete truth, that we are always a little disguised or a little mistaken. Quote, there are people who the more you do for them, the less they will do for themselves, end quote. Again, that's, uh, you know, psychologically astute. Quote, without music, life would be a blank to me, end quote. This is something that I've been thinking recently, for sure. Quote, men of sense, whatever you may choose to say, do not want silly wives, end quote. <laughs> and boy, have I been back and forth on <laughs> what kind of wives men actually want for a few years now. So that's an interesting way to uh, approach it. So when it comes to the analysis of this book, the characters, the at least one person is a thoroughly legitimate character, and that's Emma. All right, she definitely has her moments of being thoroughly annoying and thoroughly charming and funny and witty and occasionally seeming like she has genuine intentions and other times seeming like she doesn't. There's a lot of complexity to this character, even just in the, the sections that I read. I was surprised because I, I was it felt like I was picking up that there was more complexity to her, that she was being annoying and the book considered her to be annoying or self-serving or just overstating her abilities and all those sorts of things. And it turned out the book was with me on that. You know, it wasn't just that it's some kind of a fantasy that's plugging in, you know, the author as the character. And she's beloved and just the most perfect person and everybody just talks about how great she is. That's not what happened here. Now, there's a little bit of that as we'll, we'll talk about later, but otherwise, I mean, she's definitely a complex character. And when it comes to the complexity of the other characters, it didn't seem like there was all that much to them. Like when it came to Harriet and Mr. Knightley and, you know, Frank and all those, those kind of seem more that they were plugged in as responsive to the complexity of the main character. Now, it could be a lot worse. It could be that the main character was incredibly superficial and all the other characters are ornaments to her. But there were definitely moments where the other characters had interests that were contrary to what's going on with the main character. So it's not as complex as it could be when it comes to the other characters, but it's actually a lot better than you would see in most books. And the central character is definitely complex, so that was appreciated. When it comes to the prose, the prose writing, I mean, it's just, it's that kind of light and airy and easy to read 
pros that you expect from this period and from Jane Austen. You know, there's a lot of uh, wit, there's a lot of dialogue, it's a lot of back and forth, and sometimes it can feel a little too much, like, it could be just, there are far too many words that are trying to get across something that can get across in fewer words, and sometimes I just felt like there, there are too many pages in this damn thing when we have a relatively simple story, and relatively easy to demonstrate characters that it just seemed like there was there was too much that was going on in this thing so it did sometimes feel tedious and then plot wise this is kind of one of the easier plots to follow uh, when it comes to this and it it makes sense in what the the author is trying to get across when it comes to the thematics of the book you know love and marriage and friendship and self-improvement and those kinds of things the way the plot is structured, it reveals those kinds of ideas relatively well, while still occasionally having the backbone of, you know, the, the plain wish fulfillment that you expect from this kind of a story. And along those lines, you also have certain tropes that show up in these kinds of stories that you'll see all over the place if you watch these kinds of movies or read these kinds of books, wherein the best friend is always so, <laughs> like, she's so put upon, and things just do not go well for her over the course of these stories. It's something that the main female character, the female protagonist, it, there's some kind of a boon. You see romantic comedies, too, wherein they love to see their best friend suffer terribly <laughs> and not turn out as well as they do. Because in this, you've got, you know, initially, the the one guy, Mr. Elton, uh, Emma's supposed to be setting her up with Harriet, but it turns out Mr. Elton actually likes her. And then same thing with Mr. Knightley, that Harriet liked Mr. Knightley, but Mr. Knightley actually liked Emma. And then you have it turn out that, you know, the farm farmer shows back up but it's it's made sure to be clear that he's a farmer he's fine he makes enough money but he's not you know mr knightley who's just this wealthy landowner who's certainly better and likely uh, depicted as much better looking than wh who harriet ends up with you know emma gets the wealthier and better looking one so you certainly see these things play out but by the same token you know Emma was jealous of Jane, and Jane ended up with Frank, but they're not friends. You know, he doesn't, she doesn't like her, doesn't have to see her anymore. So there's, there's a little bit of complexity in that, but still, you see the same tropes. So anyway, that was Emma, and, and like I said, I enjoy Jane Austen. I think she's actually much more psychologically complex than the surface story makes sense of. She definitely has the wish fulfillment elements in her stories, plugging her in as the protagonist and things working out for her and her getting, you know, the wealthy, good-looking guy and all that kind of thing. But I think along the way, you actually do have some complexity in here. And I can't remember the last time I read Pride and Prejudice, but this character in Emma might be more complex because you generally get annoyed with her she just she gets there's a point where you know you have mr knightley who's so willing to call her out on her bs and it's consistent throughout and the book is fine with that the book is fine with allowing that to happen whereas i feel like elizabeth in pride and prejudice didn't have the same detractor to her character she always seemed like you know the witty one and like she was well put together and even though she gets called out here and there it didn't seem like she was called out to the same extent or screwed up as much as Emma does, which is, is enjoyable. So anyway, yeah, that's, that's Emma. And the next one that's going to be coming up on this list is Midnight's Children by Salman Rushdie, which is a long one. And I hate to be dour on the longer books, but obviously we have a lot of books to read. So hopefully we're going to get a lot out of that. I know I read parts of it at some point, but I don't think I've ever read it cover to cover. So this is one that I will be finishing for the first time. I will get through this, this book. I'm just going to, I'm going to like start it today and just make sure I get done with it.
But in the meantime, we are going to have, you know, some nonfiction books that we're going to talk about. So I appreciate it. I hope all is well, and I will see you in the next one. All right, bye.